This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. NPR's Books We Love is a roundup of favorite books of the year, sorted and tagged to help you find exactly what you're looking for. Recommendations come in from critics and contributors, and as we'll be talking about today, NPR staff, even me. I'm Linda Holmes, and today we're talking about Books We Love on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR's sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Joining me today is Andrew Limbong. He's the host of NPR's Book of the Day podcast and a reporter for the Culture Desk. Hey, Andrew, welcome back. Yo, hey, Linda, what's up? Uh, We are going to talk about some books, if that's okay with you, Uh Uh, buddy. All right. You may well know what books we love is, but in case you don't, each year NPR gathers recommendations from contributors and critics and staff in all kinds of genres. Fiction and nonfiction, books for kids, cookbooks, memoirs, there's a little bit of just about everything. And this year, there are more picks than ever from NPR staff. That includes me and it includes Andrew. Mm -hmm. So we're both going to share a couple of our picks. Andrew, what's your first one? Yeah, so one of the the books I picked um, is a biography. It's uh, by Abraham Josephine Reisman, and it's called Ringmaster, uh, Vince McMahon, and the Unmaking of America. I don't know, Linda, were you like a wrestling head? Are you a wrestling head? Not at all. It's one of the things that I just never locked into, but I'm always fascinated by it. Yeah, same. I was never a wrestling kid either. I was mostly just like scared to get bullied by the other wrestling kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did have this like fascination with the WWE. And and I think this book, it's not only a biography of Vince McMahon, you know, head of the WWE and like a kind of tracing the life of popular wrestling, but it's also a really interesting look at 
how American culture translates translates irony. Oh wow, yeah. Like idioms of wrestling, you know, like heels, kayfabe, all this pretending. Right, right, right. You know, you think a lot about like the people who have proliferated online, and you just have to ask yourself, it's like, wait, are they doing a bit? Is this like a thing, or is this mm-hmm. real, or is this not real? I keep thinking, you know, from reading the book, I was like, it doesn't matter. The question is the thing that they're doing. Right. You know, you could obviously extrapolate that out to politics or you know other forms of culture, but it's a really interesting look at how what what attracts our attention economy these days. Yeah. It's always been difficult for me to figure out like it is not a sport in the traditional sense of having a competition that ends unpredictably, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It mm-hmm. is a performance, but it's also a sport in the sense that it takes a great deal of skill and, mm-hmm. you know, physical skills of all kinds. I think I've just never been sure of how to process it. So, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. this is the right, maybe this is the right book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very American story. It's a very, like, Gatsby type of story where, you know, like, if I was him sort of, like, making this thing Mm -hmm. through whatever kind of, (laughs) like, infotainment BS, the spectacle, you know, circusy that he does. It's a really, like, fascinating look at, like, American business tycoonery. Right, right. So that is Ringmaster Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America by Abraham Josephine Reisman. And um, my next pick is also kind of a little bit about uh, heels, you could say. Yeah. It is called Starter Villain, and it is by John Scalzi. Mm-hmm. So Scalzi is a sort of a speculative fiction writer of all different kinds, writes some kind of more grand fantasy, writes some like interesting, crunchy science fiction-y things. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book, which one of the first things that I, I said when I talked about this in Books We Love on the cover of this book, there is a cat who is wearing a business suit. And it's like a very traditional, what you would see as like a picture of an executive in a business suit, except it's a cat. Now, is there a reason for this? Yes, there is a good reason for this. There's a lot to say about this book. It begins with Charlie, who is not has this uncle that he wasn't particularly close to. So he hears about uh, the guy's death on TV. The uncle was like this rich, um, this very rich guy. Jake leaves him a business, which is a supervillain business. Uh It turns out that Jake was part of this, like, supervillain secret society. Mm -hmm. They're all kind of in competition. It's sort of like you could compare it to, like, the image we have of mafia families, you know? Uh He's in this, like, group of supervillains. And now the enemies that his, his uncle had are now his enemies. So now he's caught in this battle of supervillains. And he goes to Jake's supervillain lair. (laughs) And it turns out that there are like labor issues with the dolphins at the lair. It's so complicated. It's so funny. But it's also like weirdly prescient. I I interviewed uh, Scalzi at the National Book Festival. uh And one of the things we talked about is that there's just thing after Mm -hmm. thing in this book that just makes you think... How did he know that this was what was about to be in the news at the time this book came out mm-hmm. in 2023? <laughs> it is really funny. It's genuinely compelling. It's so whimsical without being like cutesy, if you know what I mean. What brand of supervillains are we talking? Are we talking like James Bond supervillains or like basically James Bond type? like industrialist rich person like supervillains not so much like the superman supervillains like not the Uh they're mostly just like extremely rich you know nefarious types (laughs) similar similar themes in our picks kind of yeah no it's true well when you were talking about the wrestling book i was like you know in a way this book also is about a 
parody of how we think about power and like powerful people and and winning and losing and heels mm-hmm. and heels and baby faces yeah heels and <laughs> exactly <sighs> i love it so again that is a starter villain by john scalzi what is your second pick, Andrew? My next book is another nonfiction book. Um, it is by a sociologist, Matthew Desmond, and it's called Poverty by America. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front. It's a kind of heavy book. It's a really, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I hesitate to say like beautifully written, but like the writing is really spectacular in it, but it's a powerfully written argument about how poverty is something we do to other people. Yeah. And, and I think what's important about the we there, um, I, I feel like a lot of times when we say we are responsible for like climate change or whatever, it's so broad and so vague that it lessens culpability. It's just like, oh, we are all like, blah, blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right. It's we in the sense of like humanity. Humanity, yeah, everyone. And that, An you know, irreducible by... <laughs> humanity. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What Desmond does in this book is, is it makes the we like, no, 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 me, you, everyone sort of above the poverty line mm-hmm. has a role to play in keeping people beneath the poverty line. And it's disrupting a bunch of myths about people in poverty, you know, whether, you know, they're like lazy and they don't work hard enough. They're just not pulling their bootstraps. Da, 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 da. And it does a little bit of that. But a lot right. of the blame that it plays, a lot of its audience is written for people above the poverty line who benefit from you know, I, I I was thinking about this a lot because, you know, I just had a kid and I was setting up her like 529 like college like account yes. and like worrying about my own money. Right. <laughs> you know, right. but then I was thinking, oh, in order for this lump of money to do well, certain things have to happen and certain people have to be exploited. And so, you know, I am directly mm-hmm. benefiting from other things happening. Mm-hmm. It's not a really comfortable read. I don't like it's not it's super stomach churning in how especially at this time of year and how like um responsibly we are but i think it's worthy of confronting some of those feelings and and being uncomfortable with it yeah i mean it's one of those topics where i think a lot of people feel like they've read a lot about poverty and mm-hmm. you know if they consider themselves educated or whatever they feel like they have some understanding of poverty but it sounds like what you're saying is that even if you like you work at npr man like yeah and even if you like have spent a lot of time in the company of people who think and talk about poverty and causes for poverty, it sounds like it still had a lot to say to you that has stuck with you. Yeah, exactly. Because I think I've, I've you know, read a lot of pieces that low key kind of feel like voyeurism into someone else's life, you know? Sure, absolutely. And then it's like, uh, this is, I understand what this piece is trying to accomplish, but like, but, you know, like I said before, it's like, it's more written for like, no, 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 here's what you're doing. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> it's not exclusively yeah. about like, here's yeah. how difficult it is to be poor. Here's, yeah. you know, the stories of how people become poor. It's the stories of like how you personally are. Are making people poor. Yeah. Exactly. Are are making people poor. Well, it does yeah. sound indeed like an uncomfortable read, um, but probably a very useful one. Again, that is Poverty by America by Matthew Desmond. My second pick is also uncomfortable, but for different reasons. It is a novel called Prom Mom by Laura Lipman, who is a longtime kind of mystery and suspense mm-hmm. writer. Shout out Baltimore writer. Yeah, every <laughs> absolutely. Very accomplished. Um, you know, her books tend to be kind of twisty and delicious in this particular way, which is interesting when you think about the fact that this book, again, called Prom Mom, it is about one of these teenagers who doesn't realize that she's pregnant until she goes into labor at the prom, which is kind of this tabloidy scenario that, you know, similar things have occasionally happened in real life. And so 
Lipman kind of spins out one of these tales, and uh-huh. you really find this woman many years later who had this experience, and she has now kind of moved on from it. She's experienced the consequences of it. Uh, her name is Amber, and Amber crosses paths with this guy, Joe, who was the kind of very indifferent jerk father of her <laughs> baby. So, you know, they have not had a lot of contact, but they come back into contact. Joe is now married, mm-hmm. you know, he has a very successful wife, and, you know, he's a been, you know, a successful guy, and he's not obviously interested in really renewing this acquaintance with her for a variety of reasons. But they start to talk, and some of the book takes place in the early part of COVID isolation. And there's this very complicated unwinding of their conflict and their, in a weird way, their sympathy for each other and their kind of this secret that kind of binds them and this past experience and terrible experience that Uh binds them to each other forever Mm -hmm. in a way that they would probably not have chosen. But it also turns out to be this really clever spin on kind of Joe's sense that he's a good guy, that even though this is part of his past and this happened and, you know, he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. So part of what Lipman is doing in this book is kind of wrestling with the idea of of good guys, <laughs> guys who think of themselves as good guys. Uh-huh. And the, the thing that's amazing to me is that even though it is such a bleak premise, it's a really fun book. It is still very twisty and very – it's an, it's entertaining to read, even though it has this difficult premise. And I think she manages to kind of take it seriously and manage it respectfully while still having the book be genuinely, like, a great read. Yeah, I read – uh, I read her book Sunburn uh, this summer. I think she wrote that in 2018. Mm-hmm. And that's a book that deals kind of with like histories of abuse and, and, and stuff like that and like heavy themes. But she's really good at dialing in and out of being, do, does this book want to be like a sexy thriller? Or does this want a book be like a kind of quiet, you know, meditation on parenthood or something? <laughs> right. Um, this is exactly what this is. It's like it yeah. goes back and forth between like being a thriller and being a this like book about this kind of traumatized woman. Yeah. You know, she's still on my like Baltimore sightings list. I haven't seen her. Like I've seen John Waters around. I've seen David Simon around. I've seen a lot of like medium famous Baltimore hardcore guys around, but I'm still... I'm still trying to cross off my Laura sighting <laughs> list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's a fun follow and and a really interesting writer. I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, that is Prom Mom by Laura Lipman. If you want to discover even more books NPR loved this year, visit npr.org slash best books. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for being here, Andrew, and thank you for everything that you did on Books We Love. Thanks so much, Linda. This episode is produced by Hafsa Fathima and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. The Books We Love Project is produced and edited by Rose Friedman, Beth Novi, and Megan Collins-Sullivan. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.